0: Welcome to this week 13 edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. I'm Bruce Monin, your host, recording from the home studio in Minster, Ohio, home of the 10-3 Minster Wildcats, who unfortunately bowed out of the playoffs last week with a 28-7 loss to Marion Local. Not the first and not the last to lose to that team, I imagine. And, once again, checking in from the greater Cincinnati area, home of those now 3-7 Cincinnati Bearcats,
1: we got to win.
0: We got to win. <laughs> 24-14 over Houston. Got to love it.
1: It's, I almost forgot what it feels like.
0: There were approximately 10,000 screaming fans at Houston for that game. Kind of sad, but but as you hear, we have our co-host, executive producer, and chief researcher, Rebecca Monin here.
1: Always happy to join you, especially coming off of Bearcat High.
0: And even better, we can just forget the football team's record and they're 3-0 and on the basketball team.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're a basketball school now.
0: Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> as, as that powerhouse Eastern Washington found out this
1: weekend. <laughs> oh, boy.
0: <laughs> so, as is our custom during the playoffs, we have a guest again this week. And this week, we bring in Joel Miller, Commissioner of the Northern 8 Conference that consists of all the eight-man football teams in Ohio. Welcome, Joel. Bruce,
2: Rebecca, thanks for having me tonight.
0: It is our pleasure, believe me. Now, as as is also our tradition, I did not get this information from you ahead of time. We always ask our guests if they have any personal football playing slash coaching experience that they can recount. Actually,
2: no. Yeah, no, I I do not. Well, does junior high football count? I I think it does. Yeah,
0: 6th,
2: 7th, and 8th grade. Yeah, third string.
1: There you go. There you go. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I got on the field a couple times.
0: Well, that beats me. I <laughs> thought about going out. A couple of the big guys are great above mentioned what might happen to me if I did. And that was the end of that. So, uh...
2: <laughs> yeah, my background <laughs> comes from purely from a broadcasting standpoint. So, started doing, you know, games on the radio 35 years ago, maybe. So that's purely where my experience has come from, from just being around different teams and great coaches and things like that. So having fun over those years.
0: All right. And I guess our number one question would have to be, how does one become the commissioner of an eight-man football conference?
2: It's a very interesting story, actually. Kind of roundabout to do it so uh, as I mentioned the the broadcast stuff is is you know where my experience was and so oh four years ago now we did I work for wndh and Napoleon and we did a holgate Toledo Christian game prior to the league actually even being founded the year where a lot of teams had to break away we had four core teams that needed to needed to go eight-man and those were two of them and so they played up in Toledo at Bowser High School where Uh, TC was playing that year their home games and we did we did the game on Friday night there and I had never seen one live before and it was a lot of fun and I know a lot of people at both of those programs and so after doing that game and having some fun doing it I said you know hey and I know you guys are looking to you know move this forward and solidify it a little more and I'd be glad to help out in some way if if I could and they came back and said hey would you would you be interested in being the commissioner of the conference and I said um (laughs) I sure Uh, I don't really know what that entails but I'd be glad to do it and 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 help out if I can, and that's where I came in, and there were so many great people that were involved in you know formulating this conference and and helping find our way through it and it was just a really great group of people to be involved with from the very beginning and now the next year we were officially a conference and those four schools stayed in it and you here we are a few years later and and moving forward to 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 more schools and and hopefully getting bigger as the years go by
0: all righty i believe i've seen online Something that says there's at least two more teams Mm -hmm. joining your conference next year, Salvington-Chalker and Fremont-St. Joe. Yep, Uh, that's right. Chalker seems to have been dipping their toe in the water a little bit this year, playing a couple of eight-man games here and there.
2: Yeah, they played some eight-man games. They played some JV games. They played some 11-man games, a little bit of everything. Uh, that that they could get down, you know, to get their players experience and, and have some fun doing it. But uh, I think they're excited to have the ability to really settle in and focus on what, you know, what their games will be, what their kids will be doing. You know, it's very difficult to go, if you can imagine, going from 11 Man personnel out on the field down to eight man the next week and how that changes your plays and things guys have to remember and things like that so I, I think they're excited for that and uh, you know they have Sebring McKinley who played uh, in our conference this year you know right right down the road from them so that's nice for 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 those schools to be able to have a a, a close rival someone that they can rely on right there and we're looking to add even more teams to that area and then Fremont St. Joe is another natural. Uh, They have a lot of experience with uh, Sandusky St. Mary, uh, over 100 years of playing uh, St. Mary Central Catholic, and and also Danbury up to the north of them. So uh, they've got two teams there in a nice little pod, rivalry pod. Uh, and then uh, more teams off into further into Northwest Ohio, where the rest of our teams are at this point in time, Toledo Christian and Stryker and Holgate. So, yeah, it's it, so far so good to be able to get to up to eight teams this year coming into 24.
0: I imagine since we haven't heard anything official, you can't tell us anymore. But are there any other schools still possible for 24 or do you think eight is going to be it?
2: I have a feeling that eight is going to be it, but we don't know. And and you know the the thing is with a lot of the schools that are are looking at this, they don't know. And you know that's that's the thing that that you know we're looking to avoid for all of these schools. Our our initial schools were in that cycle, and they you know got to late spring or so, early you know June, and realized, man, we're only going to have. 14 kids out this year. What are we going to do when we're going against these larger schools in our conferences? And we're afraid we won't be able to follow through on our scheduling and things like that. So, you know, they understand that this is where we're at uh, or where a lot of schools are at. But, you know, our our conference isn't like that anymore. We're looking to provide, like I said, that stability and scheduling stability and uh, getting officials stability and knowing when your homecoming is and stability for, you know, the, the rest of the program, the bands and the, the cheerleaders and everybody like that. So they know where they're going to be come next year. And so, you know, we, we've we really kind of looked at if if we're going to see teams jump in, uh, we almost have set a deadline of the end of, of each year. So December 31st. So we may have some that that switch over, but right now we're just kind of, you know, trying to help answer questions and, and walk schools through it and see where we get. Usually we'll start talking to them and then they join after the next season. Uh, So I anticipate we'll be at eight, but you just don't know.
0: You just brought up something I hadn't thought of before. I never gave a thought to getting officials. Mm -hmm. How much different is it for officials doing an eight-man football game than an 11? How much do training, the studying do they have to do before doing that sort of thing?
2: Not much at all. Our, Our effort is to make this this sport as close to 11-man football as possible. And and I know that you came to our, our championship game a couple of weeks ago. So you watched the game. And so what we try to do is to keep the rules as close as possible. It's a hundred yard field. The difference in the field is that it's, it's narrower and we, you know, roll a temporary barrier out for teams that are, that don't have their own home stadium. Uh, a lot of them do have their own home stadium and they're, you know, it's, it's lined to to match that up. The hashes are narrower, those kind of things. But other than, you know, having, you, you need to have three guys on the line. Uh, that's the only restriction there. Everybody else is eligible at that point in time. So you know that those those are really the only differences uh, in in rules. So we've had a lot of crews come in and and do their first games in eight-man football and they you know they come off the field afterwards and say you know that really wasn't different at all. Uh, once we got used to, you know, guys were flexing onto the line and off of the line as long as those three were there, that's what they're looking for. And sometimes the speed of the game, because it, a lot of it is man coverage on all, you know, defensively has to be just because you have the numbers there. So there can be more big plays involved in it. So I think that, uh, I think that it's a pretty easy learning curve for officials, for fans and for the schools that are switching over to it.
0: One question that I was thinking about all year long, and I know you had the playoffs this year, leading that championship game and as you mentioned rebecca and i were there That was quite enjoyable i saw you went by conference standings i never heard what was the tiebreaker teams ended up with the same record all of your teams had different records this year so it wasn't a problem but i was curious what your tiebreakers were that's two
2: years in a row so we were lucky with that uh, you know because i you know as the commissioner those are the things that are it's my job to worry about uh, and so our, our you know, it's, it's obviously conference record is first, head-to-head is second. And after that, it goes into strength of schedule and common opponents, uh, because a lot of our schools do play some common opponents that are outside of the conference in their non-conference schedule. So, uh, you know, it goes down, I think, five levels before it gets to coin flip. <laughs> so hopefully, I'm knocking on plastic here. We don't ever have to get to that coin flip phase for
0: it. All right, I think next year, just in case things start looking like they may tie about week 9, I may have to send you an email we would just like to work with this year. I would like to work <laughs> with
2: the Harbin system at that point in time. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering
1: if this was going to turn into a marketing pitch for Dad. That
2: can be fi- that can oh. be taken care of. Anything to help out the commissioner <laughs> will be much appreciated at that point in time. And I- you know, and and we anticipate, you know, as more teams join in, you know we're we're not looking to be a monopoly on this conference wise for sure we're just looking to help other schools do it so as we you know spread out geographically and things like that you know i we're Blessed to be able to have the Ohio High School uh, Football Coaches Association sponsor our our postseason tournament uh, this year and and ongoing. You know, in our discussions with the OHSAA and uh, Doug Uten and and Bo Rugg, you know, those are that's what they like to see. the The next step for new sports coming in is to have your your coaches association for that particular sport sponsor the postseason tournament. So that's what you saw with guys volleyball and girls wrestling, the water polo for the state is that way. So, you know, hopefully that, that lends some credibility and, and we get some more exposure for the postseason and which we did this year for sure. And, you know, allows other teams to, to sign on. And then we'll, we'll turn that system over to the coaches association and say, Hey, How do you want to see this done? You know, we've done it, you know, through our conference standings in the past, but now we've got somebody... In Southeast Ohio, who isn't in our conference, uh, and we've got others in Southwest Ohio and Central Ohio. And you know, you tell us how how we're going to do this. If we're working with Bruce and Rebecca or somebody else, great. You know, that's that's what we'll, we'll hopefully eventually be able to turn it over, and it I won't have to care about uh, uh, tiebreakers except for in our conference so uh, who we hand the plaque to at the end of the year.
0: Well, that sounds good. Word of your appearance on the podcast slipped out to a few people this week. Okay. And I actually I re- actually received a question from a friend of the podcast here. Okay. So pass on to you. Mr. Eric Weller wants to know if you have a real job yet.
2: <laughs> now that is funny. He knows the answer <laughs> is no. So uh, yeah, that's hilarious right there. Hi Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's an awesome guy. Except for that question that he always gives me when he sees me. Driving by on the street, maybe, roll the window down, holler that out to me. That's Eric <laughs> right there.
0: <laughs> yeah, ran into Eric in Bowling Green on Sunday. So okay. make sure to make sure to ask you that. So
2: there you go. That's awesome.
0: Let's get on to this next coming week here in football. We'll start by mentioning our guest last week, Mr. Gary Raspberry, who I think get your opinion Rebecca that may have been the most knowledgeable guest we've ever had on this podcast
1: it was very interesting to listen to all he had to say and I'm I hate to say it but I'm very glad we're in the late season when we had him on because if we bring him on early season I think the podcast would be four hours long (laughs) it would be a good four hours but boy we would be here a while.
0: Well, I say I was interviewing Marion local coach Tim Goodwin after his playoff game this week, and I think he stole one of Gary Raspberry's lines (laughs) for the interview. Uh, (laughs) But all that said and done, let's look at how we did last week. We had 14 games to pick from. A couple of us, Gary and I, both took a game off because we were covering them. Gary, our big expert, went 8-5, 62%. That's not quite as good as... Yeah, not quite as good as the old Harbin computer points if you just went by them. They went ten and four. 71%. Now I just barely snuck by. I got in at 10 and 3, Rebecca.
1: Okay, okay, okay. I'm getting excited uh, again,
0: here. Again, again. I took a game off. Yep. So 77% for me. Do you remember the two computers, the Fantastic 50 and Cal mm-hmm. preps? They both disagreed on a the game. They split those games. So they both tied at 11 and 3. And our champion for the week, with a record of 12-2, and our co-host, Rebecca.
1: Good job, Rebecca. So the tactic (laughs) of agreeing with them every time until they're slightly off works really well. Do you happen to know which ones I beat them on?
0: It looks to me like your victory over the computers mostly came on the back of picking Patrick Henry to upset Hopewell Loudon.
1: Nice, nice, nice.
0: It didn't hurt that you abandoned your picking of the Mac
1: hey. every game
0: to pick Ansonia over St. Henry.
1: <laughs> Honorary <laughs> founding Mac member. They count.
0: Yes, it yes, they did. I feel really bad because first I I said I had to learn <laughs> to always pick the Mac teams and I wanted to pick Ansonia and I went against them and it cost me. And now we have a few games that fall into the same category this week and I don't know which way to go, so It's going to be we'll tough. See Oh, I did. You, there's a couple <laughs> games I really don't like picking this week, but there. But are that's some our toss-ups this week. Yes, there are, and the one and several games where the team I think is going to win is not the team I'm going to be rooting for, which is really annoying.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just a bit.
0: <laughs> All right, let's dive right in. We'll start with Division Three, Region Eleven. We have the top seed, Columbus Bishop Waterson. 12-1 and one on the season, facing the seven-seed Bell Fountain, 11-2. and two. Where's Bell Fountain? There they are. They were, they were the lower seed last week, but were favored by the computers, and we all picked them too. We all had a lot of faith in Bell Fountain last week. So if we look this over, Watterson has 19% more computer points. No common opponents we can look at between these two teams. The fantastic 50 likes Watterson by 15 points. The Cal preps only likes Watterson by seven. I, as usual, I'll go mm. first on the picking here. Rebecca needs time to think about it because she hasn't studied these at all. So we'll let you go second, Joel.
2: Okay. <laughs> I can do that. I've studied.
1: Wait wait, call all me right. out there, Dad.
2: <laughs> You're studying other more important things, Rebecca.
1: <laughs> it's okay. I mean, what's more important, high school football or high-level graduate math?
2: Ooh, uh, high school football. Sorry,
1: Rebecca. I can't I, I <laughs> you agree.
0: You asked.
1: I, I knew the answer going in.
0: Mm-hmm. So back to this game, I'm going to go with Bell Fountain again. I see they're an underdog, but I just, when he get to the playoffs, I like a great quarterback, and Bell Fountain has a great quarterback. I'm counting on him one more time.
2: They really do have a good quarterback, and they got a, a good revenge win against London two weeks ago, and then knocked off Granville last week. I think you look at it, I think Waterson's had the easier path. They haven't been tested as much, and and I'm not sure that uh, that will benefit them in the long run, Bruce. I'm going with Bell Fountain, too. They're the hotter team right now. Waterson may be a better team on paper, but I think when you look at it, Bell Fountain's been tested a lot more. They might not have as great a record, but I, I, I think it's Bell Fountain.
1: I'm also going to go Bell Fountain. Because I did a Google, and Watterson is smack dab in the middle of Columbus, like right off High Street. Probably oh, yeah. could walk right to our my uncle's house from there. Uh, that's actually an idea sometime. Maybe. Um, <laughs> so they might have a lot of energy from being around Ohio State football, but they also are a city team. And Bell Fountain is less of a city team, so I'm going to pick the country boys. The logic is now there. We- it's not always... Followable, but there is logic.
0: Now remember, I always said that works great in the lower divisions, not always in the higher ones. Yeah, we'll see.
1: (laughs) oh they can walk to a condado. That I feel like that weakens you for football.
2: (laughs) And on the scale,
0: (laughs) also in Division Three, over in Region Twelve, we have Hamilton Baden, and we'll mention them later in the podcast. I think. Yes, we will. They are the top seed. They are 13-0, winners over Wapakoneta last week. This week, they get another WBL foe as they play 11-2 Salina, who is the number six seed. Hamilton Baden has 34% more computer points. Baden beat Wapakoneta 14-10 last week, while Wapakoneta beat Salina 30-3 in Week 10. The computers like Baden by twelve points and ten points. Myself, I, uh, <laughs> I'm going to pick Baden, but that those numbers get skewed a little bit. Wapakoneta lost their starting running back and their starting quarterback in that game last week. Oh, and they were ahead ten to nothing at the time when those guys w- got went out injured. I said we'll mention it later, but if I remember right, I believe Baden scored three or two touchdowns in the last three minutes to pull out that win. So, but I'm still taking Baden anyway.
2: And supposedly, Bruce, I don't, I don't know if they found out for sure, but supposedly the backup quarterback broke his foot too and played through it after about the third quarter. That's oh that's what I was hearing anyway. So he, he right. gutted it out. Um, Baden they, missed they a said, bunch of free throws, or excuse me, free throws, <laughs> uh, uh, field goals. Excuse me, I'm getting into basketball season already. <laughs> you know, Baden missed, I, I want to say, three or four field goals. In that game, that that would have put them up. I don't know how good their kicking game is, but not good enough, I guess. I, it, the Western Buckeye League was very good this year, but I'm not sure Salina has what it takes to beat Baden coming in. Uh, I think they've got a little too much for Salina. Wapak was definitely the team to beat at the end of the year in the Western Buckeye. I'm going to go with Baden too. Uh, and I think that it might be fairly easy for Baden after a tough one against Wapak. I think Wapak would have beat them last week if they don't lose those guys to injury dressed. But I think Baden's got too much
1: Yeah, I all of that is very good that I did not have to go off of. Um I was gonna give it to Baden just on, on the back of beating Wapak, but you really threw some shade on that one, didn't you, Dad? Um they've historically been a pretty Good team, haven't they? Mm-hmm. I feel like they got all the way to the finals. Like,
0: Don't remember uh... that, but Baton historically, year in and year out, is a pretty good team. Yes.
2: Yeah, they're good.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep riding that bandwagon and stick with.
0: Okay. And before we move on to Division Five, it's time to announce our team of the week for this week.
1: Ooh, is it whoever beat the team of the week last week?
0: It is not. <laughs> Instead, we chose a team to honor Rebecca here. We're picking Patrick Henry for giving Rebecca her win in our prediction contest. Love the well, Patriots.
1: I guess I can accept that.
0: They were a touchdown underdog to the top seed Hopewell Loudon last week. They won 26-14. to Very solid win for Patrick Henry. And
2: I don't know if you guys knew this. That's the game I did last week. So I was there. I did not know. Ooh, yeah, exactly. I was. I was there for that one. That was a huge win for Patrick Henry. They're one of so the radio station I work for. We do the four Henry County schools: Patrick Henry, Liberty Center, Napoleon, and uh, Holgate. And so we did Patrick Henry last week, and and uh the patriots that was their best game since the beginning of the season hopewell louden uh you know they had a 1400 yard rusher who they held to 26 yards rushing 1200 yard receiving threat who i think he only had 50 some yards that they limited him to their defense for the patriots was was on top and they've had a number of injuries uh and they've adjusted to them week 6 they lost their starting quarterback who had already passed for 1,400 yards through six games. So, PH has overcome a lot and and you know earned that victory
0: last week. And while we're still on the team of the week here, Rebecca, I was given a suggestion
1: uh-huh.
0: that says, since we don't have a team of the week song, we should put it out to our listeners that anyone that wants to make one should get it recorded and email it in to us.
1: (laughs) That might be a better way to uh, elicit recordings than going up to drunk people at Oktoberfest or student sections at the eight-man football games and asking them to sing for you.
0: Yeah, those have not
2: been effective. Both of those sound pretty good, actually. (laughs) The
1: success rate doesn't feel high.
2: No, but it'd be entertaining (laughs) if you did get one.
1: He brought the lyrics (laughs) to the football game. (laughs) It could have happened.
0: So there you go. If you're if you're in a singing group, if you're in a choir, if you hang out with people and just like to sing at random times, I do that. Get your phone out and record it and send it in to us. Where should they send that to, Rebecca?
1: <laughs> you should send those wonderful recordings to us at bdmonin at nktelco.net, that email address, or on Twitter at Bruce Monin. Bruce Monin, B Monin, I'm not reading the script and that is my mistake. Bruce well, I Monin, know. I should know your Twitter by now. <laughs>
0: You think so? Can you send audio files on Twitter to people? I don't even know if you can. You, you should, should probably it email it to us. Oh, we can try it. Okay.
1: Or, or I mean, the, the audience can try.
0: <laughs>
1: no, we'll, we'll we'll try it out and we'll let you know. We can also, we should, are we going to post the lyrics somewhere? Are we going to let people go up and make their they own? Can,
0: they can make their own, yes. Maybe just for fun, if you ever go to the... Uh, the blogger page for this uh, podcast. Just go to blog or look for Bruce Monon's Computer Points. I'll put that in a note. The the lyrics that we came up with underneath. Our thought was to do it to the tune of Sweet Caroline ourselves.
1: It has a nice rhythm for it. And yes, everyone it loves the bum bum bums. Theme
0: yes. the week. Bum 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 bum.
1: Yes, you got, got it. it right there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, yeah. moving on. Division 5, Region 18, we have the top seed Liberty Center, undefeated at 13-0, hosting 12-1 and 1 Coldwater, the number six seed out of the MAC. Oh, boy. Uh, Joel, are you moving over to this game this week, Joel?
2: Yes, I am. Uh, so I'll be doing Liberty Center Coldwater this week, and I'm not afraid to make a pick, so I'll still make <laughs> okay. a pick. I won't disqualify myself <laughs> Kirk Herb Street style.
0: All right. (laughs) Let's see. Let's look at the numbers here. Liberty Center, 12% more computer points. Last year, Liberty Center beat Coldwater 34-0 to in the playoffs.
2: And I was at that game last year.
0: So we have some insight coming, Rebecca.
1: (laughs) I mean, I feel like we've got a good amount of insight across the three of us on this particular matchup.
0: (laughs) Uh, the, The computers, they both like Liberty Center by about a touchdown, seven points and six points. So, Rebecca, this is Ansonia against St. Henry all over again.
1: This is a rough one.
0: <laughs> this Did is you say I Liberty pick-
1: Center is hosting. No,
0: no. they're the top oh, seed, okay. but it's, it's at okay. a neutral yeah, site.
1: Okay, that would influence it. I'm a senior. Oh which boy, is,
2: which is where they played last year.
1: <laughs> it's history. So,
0: I've been following Liberty Center close all year, and so my initial thought on this game is. I don't know why I would ever pick against Liberty Center, against anyone almost. And then I remember saying we should never pick against a Mac team in the playoffs. Remember that, Rebecca? hmm
1: uh-huh.
0: That didn't work for me last week either. So I'm going back to Liberty Center. I'm taking Liberty Center. I think they're going to be a little too much on the line, especially. Although, boy, Coldwater's got speed, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> It'll be interesting for me to see this another year out. Last year, Liberty Center, very similar to what they are this year. They maybe were a little bit more complete in the quarterback uh, you know, game last year, but they are a running team. They are a defensive team, and both of those situations are probably better than they were last year, surprisingly uh, to everybody who watched them last year. They absolutely dismantled Coldwater last year, and Coldwater was, uh, was young last year. So they've got another year under their belt. But so does Liberty Center. Uh, I, I think if Liberty Center gets out early on Coldwater and kind of gets in the calves' heads, that could spiral again for Coldwater. Even though they're incredibly well coached and the kids have all kinds of experience, Liberty is impressive in every segment of the game. Offense, defense, they're great at special teams. They do the little things well. They are so well coached by Casey Moeller and his his staff. Colton Cruz is an outstanding running back. You know, they, they just do so many things well and they're fun to watch. If you get a chance to go out to a game, if you don't have somebody that you're, you know, following right now, go out and 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 watch this game because it it will be a great game. Both teams will be impressive. I'm picking Liberty Center and and I think they I think they roll through this one too but it will be a bigger test for them. Coldwater beat Archbold 2 weeks ago, I believe 28-14. Uh, Liberty Center beat Archbold in week 4 in the NWOL 42-14 to 14, I think somewhere in that that area. So I I think it I think it's Liberty Center again. I think they're they're poised to move past this one last year. They moved past this one and then drew the rough card of playing uh, Canfield South range and South range, just throttled Liberty center last year. So you get past this point and it's a, a point of no return. You better play your best ball. I, I think, I think it's Liberty center this week and and I'll be holding my breath next.
1: <laughs> hmm. Interesting. I'm feeling contrarian for this one. I'm going to go with cold water just to be different
2: says 12 other, and 2. 12 and 2, Rebecca and they're two. right there speaking.
1: I've got a yeah. I've got a record to maintain, but right. it it'll, it'll it'll be gone next week. Um now I'm going to back the mac. All righty. Even though I very much do enjoy Liberty Center.
2: And really when you think about it that that was always the NWOL's problem. Once they got to a certain distance it was you ran into the mac and the mac always dominated them. You know, except Uh, You know, except for cases here and there, but, you know, Versailles, St. Henry, you know, Coldwater, Marion Local, depending on who it was that those NWOAL teams dominated in Northwest Ohio small school football. And then you got down to the MAC and the MAC said, here's where we come from and this is what we do. And, you know, so I think the NWOAL changing that a little bit, uh, you know, Archibald beat St. Henry earlier this year, Liberty beat Coldwater last year. Uh, yeah, I, I think it might be changing just a tad for this year.
1: Be exciting to see. Nice little and you switch
0: know, up. You know, Rebecca, it occurs to me, if we ever wanted to get into the merch business,
1: we have...
0: I'm thinking, okay. I back the Mac. <laughs> you <really> like that? <laughs> what a t-shirt, huh?
1: It's a good <laughs> phrase. It's really good phrasing.
0: Yeah. And then in small print underneath it, you know, Bruce Monon's Computer Points Podcast. Sure, right? sure. Yeah. have that written across the back. official sponsor yeah
1: Yeah. as
0: soon as we get into that merch thing there Rebecca
1: (laughs) we do a little bit of product placement but then we just give it away to people so there's there should be some eight-man uh championship trophies floating around a couple of those teams
0: (laughs) yeah I still I still haven't asked that I want to ask some of those teams sometime where they display our our
1: uh, trophies we used to we used to
0: send to the eight-man championship team yeah yeah you know, now they have We're their not own trophies continue now they have a real trophy you saw that trophy at the game it was huge it was a- <laughs> yeah but
1: where's the sentiment <laughs>
0: <laughs> they even had a big runner-up trophy that thing was oh yeah
1: it was all very good
0: yeah we just can't compete rebecca
1: <laughs> will you stop trying. Well,
0: no, that's that's part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you want to, Rebecca? You can order it if you want. I'll, I'll spot you the. I'll I'll, I'll raid the uh, podcast funding. And we'll uh. <laughs> we'll
1: keep it up. We'll keep it up.
0: We'll get back to that then. <laughs> Moving on to Division Six, we have in Region Twenty Two. A game we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now. The top seed, 11-2 and Columbus Grove, playing number two seed, 12-1 and Bluffton. And we have some close numbers for this game, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Columbus Grove has 2% more computer oh,
1: points. Oh, boy.
0: Columbus Grove beat Bluffton 14-7 to in week 10. Both computers, though, say that Bluffton gets its revenge by four points this week
1: hmm
0: now i forget who i was even talking to or maybe i was reading it online that's probably more likely
1: That is more likely
0: they said in the, the opinion they gave made a lot of sense to me said in this game bluffton thinks they can win this game columbus grove knows they can win this game Ooh. and so i think columbus grove takes them again i think they're They've got a little bit. Bluffton's trying to beat Columbus Grove. Columbus Grove's up there on top of the mountain already saying, you're not knocking us off. We're going to take you down again. I'm going with Columbus Grove. Grove's another team that that I saw this year. We saw
2: them early in the year, week three, and they've really improved since then. Patrick Henry knocked them off. We talked about PH uh, coming up. But I uh, I mean, I think that Grove is a different team than they were early on. Grove is – they're number one in that district based on that win over Bluffton alone, you know, so one and two in the in the region and Grove up there because of that win over Bluffton and the computer points because of that win over Bluffton. Uh, I think Bluffton hasn't been really tested yet. I think it's going to be really close. Special teams maybe make the difference here and the special teams probably belongs to Bluffton. I'm going to go with Bluffton. All right.
1: I'm gonna stick to the the loyalty of uh, the route I drive to grandma's house, and uh, say I back Columbus Grove because they're almost a hometown at this point with how much I drive through there.
0: Plus, oh, I saw the their way, state
1: cross country championship uh, celebration the other week, and you gotta you gotta reward that a little bit, even if they did make me detour three blocks out of the way. <laughs>
2: it's by the to way, rain, for- so that could have something to do with it there as well. So I, you know, could be. <laughs> by
0: the way, Rebecca. You'll mm-hmm. enjoy this. I drove, or I did not drive. I was a passenger as we drove <laughs> through Columbus Grove today, and we found toilet paper hanging from the stoplight at the main intersection in town. It's still up. Was... Some of it's still up there yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: that was a week and a half ago. Two weeks ago? A week Leave and a half ago. it up until ago. it blows
0: down in CG. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I imagine it was just too much of an effort to go up there and pull it down, right? Yeah. <laughs> And in a Region 24 of Division 6, and we do not know for sure which teams will match up in the uh, state semifinals, but it's a good bet that the winner of Region 22 is going to play the winner of Region 24. It seems to happen all the time. In Region 24, we have number two, Versailles, 11 and 2, facing the eighth seed, Anna, who's eight and five. Five and five on the regular season, three straight wins now. I believe they won their last two regular season also. So that's a five game winning streak for Anna right now. They're probably feeling a lot better than when they had that three and five record. The numbers all say Versailles. sales has 58% more computer points. sales actually beat Anna 41 to 14 in week seven. The computers say they like Versailles by 23 and 22 points. So a, a Three touchdown plus advantage for Versailles with the computers. I don't really have to go a lot farther. I, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I've seen them both. I like Versailles.
2: And Versailles, talent losses. two losses on the year to two teams who have reached this level of the playoffs in their division, Coldwater and Marion Local. Uh, so two quality losses uh, amongst a great year. And I if you're going to ask me what team I would have wanted to watch in the playoffs, I would have said Anna. They've scored in the 50s a couple of times. They've had a shootout last week over Tri Valley, I think. So you know they've been fun to watch and and put tons of points up. The Rockets did, but uh, I I think Versailles D is going to change that around and you know keep keep Anna in the starting gates. I suppose this 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 matchup it's Versailles all.
1: Yeah, that uh, 41 to 14 is pretty pretty telling, especially for. Apparently, a team who regularly gets up into the fifties. Yep, that's that just seems insurmountable to me. So I'm gonna go with for sales also.
0: Okay, and before we hit Division Seven, it is time for our
1: scores of the week. Oh, another segment.
0: <laughs> and Joel, our first score of the week here is that one you mentioned. Oh, Tri Village, have...
2: not Tri Valley. Tri Village. Yes.
0: I was I was waiting until we got to the score of a week
2: here. To <laughs> Not Worcester Triway either. It's it's Tri-Village.
0: <laughs> uh, so last week, the score was Anna 56, Tri-Village 51. Ooh. So I looked up here, Anna running back, Zach Osborne, which always confuses me because I believe Versailles' quarterback is named Zach Osborne also.
1: bound <laughs> to happen.
0: Yeah. Anyway, Anna running back Zach Osborne, 343 rushing yards and six touchdowns on 35 carries. That's almost 10 yards a carry when you carried the ball 35 times. Makes you wonder why they didn't give it to him 50, you know?
2: Those are eight man numbers right
0: there.
1: Yeah, they really <laughs> yes, are.
0: Yes, they are. But if Anna's given Tri Village 51, it just makes me wonder how many Versailles is going to put up. I tell you. Right. And our other score of the week, a game we mentioned earlier, Hamilton-Baden 14, Wapakoneta 10. Let's see, and I mentioned much of this earlier, early injuries. So Wapak's, now we'll say, arguably their two best players. Quarterback Boyer broke his collarbone in the second quarter. And the running back, uh, Knaus, hurt his knee late in the third quarter. As Joel mentioned, backup quarterback Jolly, I heard May have broken his ankle. I've never heard it confirmed. yeah
2: I don't in know the that third they know quarter that for sure yet yeah yep.
0: finished the game from what I heard he was barely able to back up the couple of steps to hand the ball off by the end of the oh. game. Oh. yeah Wapakaneta's kicker, uh, his last name's Beach kicked a 49 yard field goal at one point to give Wapak the 10 nothing lead. and as Joe already mentioned, Baden had three shorter field goal attempts that they missed. Shows you the difference a kicker can make in these games, but then Baden scored two touchdowns in the final three minutes. I think the Wapak offense basically ground to a halt, and the defense just wore out by the time the game came to an end. So sad ending for Wapakoneta. One of the uh, some people that were there said so one of the maybe stranger, <laughs> intriguing stranger games they've watched because of the way things changed with those injuries there. How Walpock was just hanging on for dear life and couldn't quite do it. Thought it was Walpock's year this year. I really did. But if I, I don't remember, if we I can call
1: that a a good score of the week.
0: No, like an interesting of week. score of the week. <laughs> oh. that
1: just it sounds like an ugly game to watch.
0: Yeah, sad. Yeah, the good the good news for Walpa Caneta. I believe all those kids that were hurt are back next year.
2: Yeah, Moyer's a sophomore.
0: Coach's yep, son. and I'm not. Yep, I'm not sure about the others. I'm thinking juniors. I'm not a hundred percent sure.
2: That sounds right to me.
0: We'll return to Division Seven here. We have two games left to cover. First ones in Region 26. The five seed Patrick Henry, 11 and two, up against the six seed McComb, who's also 11 and two. So that means the first, second, third, and fourth seeds in this region all gone already. Wow. Although to be to be uh, honest. If you looked at Patrick Henry and McComb at five and six before the playoffs started, you might have almost predicted this as being the regional final game. Those two were, uh, Patrick Henry was one two all year almost until the last week of the season. McComb wasn't far behind. Let's see, looking at the numbers, Patrick Henry has 10% more computer points. Patrick Henry beat Arlington 40 to 14 two weeks ago. McComb beat Arlington. 49-21 49-21 to 21 in Week 7. Those are almost identical results. The computers like Macomb, however, by 9 points and by 10 points. And when I come down to picking this, I always look at the computer, of course. And I've seen McComb enough through the years to know they're, as always, have a big line. They're ready to be, do some pushing on the line. And I know Patrick Henry's overcome a lot with those injuries, but they did have some bad injuries, and those players are still out, I believe. Aren't they, Joel?
2: They are, yes. So They're out for the year.
0: Now, we've seen that here locally. Our Minster team lost their starting quarterback, who was possibly the preseason favorite to be conference offensive player of the year. Took him a few games, but they adjusted. Sounds like Patrick Henry has as well. But I'm going with McComb. Even though I mentioned Patrick Henry over and over on our preseason show, even as a team to watch, I'm still going to go with McComb.
2: And PH all year, you know, has that they they had a lot of talent and and still do. Week six, Nash Meyer, their quarterback, goes down. He had surgery, and uh, I talked to him the other night. Seems to be doing well with with that, but it's it's gonna he's gonna miss basketball season too. That kind of thing, so tough for him. They also lost Brock Behrman in their week ten game, who was a starting receiver for them. Played defense. Both those guys, two way players. So, and they've, they've, you know, battled through some injuries at the end of the year. The tough thing is, is, you know, for Patrick Henry, they were a, you know, they were a well balanced offense. Uh Nash Meyer great at throwing the ball. They're able to complement it with a guy like Houston Miranda running the ball. And then when Nash Meyer goes down, uh Lincoln Crager, who was his replacement, he's the guy that that is in a quarterback and he is a running quarterback for the most part. He can throw when he needs to. Uh, but uh, he he's done a lot as they've readjusted, Coach Inselman readjusting the offense to to put it back into more of a running style offense. And so they've had to learn. In the last few weeks, Liberty Center pounded them 62 to nothing the week after they lost Nash Meyer to injury. So, you know, they've, they've really overcome a lot. They're battle-tested. Their defense and their offensive line played one of the best games that I've seen them play. After watching them numerous times this year, they they played that well last week against a tough uh, Hopewell-Loudon team who everybody had kind of pointed to to get to that game against Macomb. So, I, you know, Macomb didn't need to pass once against LCC last week. They ran the ball every single time and they still won 45 to 13. I think PH's defense would rather see that than a passing attack. So that, that, you know, of course, McComb's offense rushing the ball really, really strong. They've said all year, you know, we're going to run it. We're going to take it right to you. Uh, and they've been able to run through people. So uh, I'm going to go with the upset, though. I'm going Patrick Henry. Uh, I'm going to take Patrick Henry to knock off Macomb at the stadium here in Napoleon, about three blocks away from where I sit right now. So, yeah, I think it's going to be Patrick Henry knocking home. I'll take the upsets.
1: Ooh, that's a lot to come (laughs) off of. Uh, (laughs) This looks to be like one of the tightest matches we've got going on stats wise maybe not computer prediction wise but i don't know i'm gonna go patrick henry on vibes alone (laughs) everybody wants to
2: be practicing on thanksgiving so we'll see if uh if if patrick henry can be thank practicing on thanksgiving that's one of their things they aim for
1: there you go and i gotta say
0: i actually watched that macomb lcc game sort of I watch games late Friday night after I get home on WOSN. So I watched someone else first. Oh, I rewatched a Minster Marion game on WOSN, and then at one in the morning I watched the LCC Macomb game. I forgot the part about Macomb never passing that whole yeah. game. Didn't pass like... <laughs>
1: once. Oh. Interesting. Huh. I don't oh. think I'd like that.
2: And I think they can. I think they can. They have, you know, they they're they're like that old school Liberty Center team where you know you you pass maybe three times a game, and those three times are going to be great play action, and you're going to make a, you know, you're going to hit a big play when you need a big play. So, wouldn't be surprised to see that come out of the gate pretty quickly by
0: McComb against PH. We'll see. And oh, and a uh, one I missed during the season, but a, a stat I saw this week about Patrick Henry. Apparently after they lost to Liberty Center that 62 to nothing loss, they received a first place vote next week in the in the poll for Division 7. Yeah. They didn't give up 67. (laughs) (laughs) And our final game this week, region 28, we have the top seed undefeated Marion Local playing the number two seed, undefeated Ansonia. Both teams took out MAC teams last week. Marion Local taking out Minster, and Sonia taking out St. Henry. Marion Local has 28% more computer points, and this has to be one of the most unfortunate common opponents I've ever seen. Yeah. Marion Local beat Tri County North 63 to nothing in Week 11, and Sonia was nicer. They only won 34 to nothing in Week 8. Both teams also played St. Henry this year. Marion Local beat St. Henry 41-7 to in Week 9, and Sonia beat St. Henry 20-13 to last week. The computers say, yeah, the computers say Fantastic 50 likes Marion Local by 35 points. Cal Preps only likes the Flyers by 32 points. Hmm. Well, I, I'm not going to think about it too much. I think now that they're past Minster, the only team left for Marion Local on there that they're worried about too much is going to be a team called Dalton from the other side of the state. I think they roll in this one. I've got the Flyers.
2: Yeah, I don't see the Flyer train stopping here. Tim Goodwin's the man. I I mean, I think, I mean, Marion Local does everything right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Dalton's Dalton's legit uh, from everything that I've seen. But I think uh, I think it's Marion Local again, uh, standing alone at the top of the heap uh, in Eastern Ohio, uh, in uh, you know by right by the Hall of Fame. So I I got Marion Local this week without a question.
1: Yeah, that's not that's not a debate there. Marion Local's keeping up with the trend of dominating everyone in the area. So at least they're only favored by thirty five points.
2: And it's not like Ansonia is a a. a, a slouch of a team in any no, way I mean, just, no. local's no. just
0: that good yeah that's uh, no I've, I've i've been following ansonia all year and been very impressed all year but it's like you all you always know what's coming down the road eventually and uh, oh well but hey i tell you if they win get out the toilet paper rebecca there'll be a party <laughs> at dance oh
1: yeah oh yeah for sure <laughs>
0: Well, that's our preview of all the, te- all the games in our regional final round of the playoffs. We'll be back next week previewing the state semifinals. And I think while we're at it, Rebecca, mm-hmm. that will probably be only about four or five games. I think we'll also preview the other state semifinal in each division so we can see who might be matching up in the state finals. So
1: I think that's a good idea.
0: So for your research this week, Rebecca, start sure. keeping an mm-hmm. eye on that sort of thing. Yeah, I'll right.
1: dig in
2: put down those advanced math
0: books <laughs> Rebecca already told you where you can send any comments questions or complaints to about this podcast
1: we'll take the Please complaints be sure to do that. probably
2: be a bunch with me on this week you
0: guys I'm
1: sorry
0: <laughs> but you asked me
1: it's just yeah, gonna but... be like 20 tweets from Eric Waller
0: <laughs> yeah I know we'll, <laughs> we'll throw be. those away that could
1: be <laughs>
2: I'm going to go do donuts in his yard later tonight. Yeah,
1: there you <laughs>
0: go. Oh, and as always, <laughs> please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or iHeartRadio. And I don't think Eric Weller knows how to do any of that, so we're good on that front there, Rebecca. <laughs> <You>
1: um, know,
0: <laughs> we'd have to put her on TikTok for him to find it. <laughs> true,
1: but also... <laughs> Lincoln
2: Logs, maybe.
1: This is maybe a reason we don't Get more comments because we've the people who talk to us. Ugh. Let it be known to anyone listening who is not familiar with Eric Weller. He's a dear friend who comes to our house quite frequently.
0: He's a great guy.
1: He's wonderful.
0: <laughs> and he made a fortunate choice of wife.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> he
0: did. He outkicked his coverage there. All right. <laughs> So, please, as always, be sure to tune in again next week here on Bruce Bonham's Computer Point and send in those Team of the Week jingles, people.